game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Back to the point. Kulak across to CC. His shot saved by Wedgwood. The rebound is under him. He jammed it on net. Scores! Sam Gagne! And the Oilers cut the Stars lead to 4-2. Kulak scoring on Sunday at Commonwealth. The puck brought in by Kane. He'll make a move. Across to Gagne. He scores! Sam Gagne! His second of the night. The Oilers are within one. The feel-good story of Sam Gagne scoring, not once but twice, comes true. But the feel-good story of an Oilers victory does not. Despite 50 shots on goal and a ton of chances, the Oilers lose on home ice again, this time 4-3 to the Dallas Stars. Thanks a lot for joining us. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Gagne sparks an Oilers comeback scoring at 10.35 of the third and again at 13.36, but the Oilers cannot even it up, Rob. 26 shots on goal in the third period. Ties a team record for shots in a period. Wasn't too long ago they said it. Just over a year ago, October 24th, 2022, in the second period of a 6-3 win over the Penguins. We'll start with the Oilers' attack before we talk about some of the Mm -hmm. uh, defensive play and, and the goals against tonight. 50 shots on net. Well, actually, we'll get to that in a second. Here's Jay Woodcroft live on 6.30, Chet. You know, I thought it was a pretty competitive first period. I think uh, we made some some errors in the second period that that um, led us to falling behind in the game, chasing the game. We made a really strong push in the third period, but, you know, when you spot a really good team, that, that type of lead, it's tough to come back. 99 shot attempts, 50 on net, all that kind of stuff is, you know, that's that's nice. But when you spot a good team, a lead like that, usually you don't end up on the right side of it. The sense is that this is a good team and they'll figure it out and, and everything will be fine. But you, you also need to see it and it's getting close to 10 games in. When do you start to worry that this, this, this might be who they are? Well, I don't share your level of worry or concern, um, but our record is... Uh, what our record is. I saw some good signs. I've seen some um, things in some players, improvement in players. Uh, I saw a team uh, working very, very hard to try and make amends for falling behind, but ultimately we shot ourselves in the foot tonight. Uh, we're taking it one day at a time. We're, we are taking it one game at a time, and we're looking uh, to take a step here. If um, you know, We'll carefully review this game. We'll go over every inch of it and we're going to give our team something uh, to help us improve heading into the next game Um, you know we're looking to win that next game and win a game here in the best building in in the National Hockey League. Jay all the guys in the room were talking about how uh, the Dallas Stars counterattack the rush uh, was such a focal point of your Mm -hmm. out what went awry in that that, uh, regard tonight? Well I would say on our first goal um, we ended up below the puck and it was a misread on a pinch it's a mistake 
and we were made to pay. They had a two-on-one, and they made they shot it in the net. Um, the second goal, I would say that it was a puck management issue. Where at the end of a shift, we spent a few minutes in the offensive zone. Um, we're trying to get a line change. We go to our back end, and we turn it over. Ends up in the back of our net on a quick up transition. Third one was a penalty kill off the rush, and the fourth one was, um, you know, a rush that we'd like to play differently uh, on the way back. That's what that team does. Is majority of their goals this year have come off the rush. In the end, we didn't do a good enough job, and uh, they made us pay. What goes through your mind as a coach when you put that emphasis on on you know the game plan and it? The mistakes kind of coaches are in it with our players you know um, nobody's trying to make a mistake um, but in the end the way it's going right now when you're in the muck kind of to Rob's question when you're in the muck um, those things end up in your in your net um, you know we're going to take those learning moments and use them but certainly uh, we will pound on a lot of the positives in the game as well Jay, Sam Gagne got two goals in the third period. Did you think of playing a hunch and also playing him in the last minute or so? I did, yeah. He was the next player up for us. We didn't get a whistle or an opportunity to change because we were in the offensive zone, but he was the next player up. And, um, you know, he played a very good game for us. I think it's, it's a good lesson for some guys that haven't scored in a long time to see where Sam had his offensive success tonight, right around the blue paint. It's a credit to him. He played a good game, and yes, he was the next man up. And when Brown got hurt, you're already only dressing 11 forwards, so you're basically... We're only able to dress 11 yeah, forwards. Yeah, down to yeah. 10. Huh? Yeah. When he got dressed, that's a long way to play the game when you only have 10 forwards. Yeah. To jockey people around. Yeah, well, I thought we moved people around uh, pretty well, but essentially at that point it becomes a three-line game. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we got six and a half minutes out of Brown, something like that. But it, at that point it becomes a three-line game and you're just you're doing whatever you got to do uh, to try and find a little chemistry. And, and uh, you know, we were able to find that in the third period, something to build on heading into tomorrow. Jay, you talked about with your power play, it's not always how you know how many but sometimes when yep. time and uh, that second period Bouchard I don't know if it was two or three posts in one sequence it's not like they're doing it wrong but what do you need to see more from your power play to get that key goal to key time yeah I you know you you nailed it I think we hit either two crossbars in one post or three posts or you know something along those lines um, when you're rolling those those drop for you when you're not rolling they they go off the bar and, and they they're out. Uh, what do we have to do? I think there is a, another level to our execution. Um, you know, we talk in the coach's office. That's that's when your great whites kind of feed is uh, is at that time. And right now, it's not that it's been uh, poor. It hasn't been poor, below average, or anything like that. It just hasn't been yet to our standard of execution. You mentioned the big moments. I thought that was a critical uh, part of our uh, game today. Uh, was you know finding a goal on that on the power play when we're down two on one. I thought that would have been huge for us. It didn't drop, um, and in the end, we lost by one goal today. Uh Connor Brown was off a face-off. It was a non-contact. It looked like he just took two steps and 
Yeah. Uh, what, what can you tell us about it? Um, I haven't gone back uh, and dealt with the medical staff, but it looked muscular more than anything. Good. Thanks, guys. That's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. So Connor Brown, uh, we'll see. Bob mentioned uh, Bob mentioned he thought it might be a groin, not mm-hmm. tied to the ACL injury. And uh, he didn't play about the last half of the game. Oilers lose 4-3 to the Dallas Stars. So the shot attempts Jay referenced... 99 for the Oilers. That's now for now. I'm going to go with 50 shots and a team record 26 in the third. Sometimes the paper sheet and online don't sync up till later in the evening or the next morning. Online says 49 and 25 in the third. Either way, they had a ton. Uh, We can go with 50 shots on goal, 26 that were blocked, 23 that were wide. That's 99 shot attempts to 42 for the Dallas Stars. And as I was saying before we brought Jay on there, Rob, like the, the puck was around the Dallas net a lot and most of the game. Well, we, we talked at the end of the second. You, t- you asked if the Oilers would lose some confidence if they weren't able to come back and win this hockey game. And, and I said, I don't believe so because they're in the game. It's a close game. And then it actually became a one-sided game come the third period. Now, Jay Woodcroft made a good point. The Oilers spotted a 4-1 lead. So when the Oilers all of a sudden had their onslaught, they had to come back from three down. And you need everything to go right for you. You need the puck to find the back of the net. Now, they did a couple times on the Gagne goals, but after that, there was a ton of other chances that were just missing. Goalies were making good saves. The, the, the bounces were just going outside of the Oilers' sticks and not being able to put into backdoor open nets. So as much as the Oilers deserved a better fate, they also created their own fate by big mistakes early that allowed the Dallas Stars to build a lead. And all four goals were preventable. And, and Jay Woodcroft talked about it. Uh, a poor pinch, uh, not getting a puck in deep, but also making a poor change. The power play goal that they, or the, well, I guess, well, they were short-handed that goal. I mean, it was, uh, the Dallas Stars came in with, with speed and all of a sudden turned a, I don't know, it was a one-on-four into a tap-in backdoor goal. And then the last one, again, uh, just poor communication and a, not a, a great back check by the Oilers that turned into a beautiful, like that was a gorgeous three-on-two goal by the, the Dallas Stars. So the Oilers deserved better. They played great in the third period, but the fact that they spotted a very good Dallas team, a 4-1 lead, you do that, then you need perfection coming home, and the Oilers were close, but they weren't perfect in the final period. Yeah, 4-3 Dallas takes it to the Oilers, 2-6-1 and one on the season. Just 1-3-1 and one on home ice and 0-3-1 and one here at Rogers Place. The, the home win was at Commonwealth Stadium. Gagne, great story, two goals. He's the first star. Hints is the second star. Pavelski, the third star, the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. That's Evander Kane tonight who gets a goal and an assist for a couple of points. He's plus one, six shots on goal and four hits for Kane. Uh, Connor McDavid plays 25 and a half minutes, does not get a point. Leon Dreisaitl plays two seconds short of 26 minutes. Uh, does not get a point. We're nine games into the season. These two guys have been two of the best players no, for the last, the, the two for the last you know, however many years. Yep. Um, do they look the same to you through nine games as, as they've well, been in the past? Um, 
No. No, I mean, normally we see them 1-2 in the scoring race. And, I mean, Connor has always been a better uh, end-of-the-year player than he is at the beginning. Having said that, he's usually in the scoring lead at the beginning as well. Uh, no, they, they've been very good. But the expectations and the bar that we set for Leon and Connor is sometimes maybe too high. Uh, we expect them to have two goals every point, or excuse me, two games. Um, there's the tongue going there. Two points every game. Right. We expect them to dominate every time they step on the ice. But teams are, are are trying different things to try and slow them down. They tonight we saw every time Connor had like they they converge. They said, all right, you know what? We're gonna have, you come on us. We're gonna put four guys on you. You move it to someone else. We're gonna take our chances with that player instead. Uh, Connor and Leon were good in this game but not great and they were outplayed by the other team's top players the best players on the Oilers and it's not even close Gagne and Kane were the best players on the ice and no one was close and Fogel again had another yep. very good game well that rush oh and <laughs> not, it, it's funny Fogel <laughs> I mean I, I, I want Fogel to shoot the puck I want him he's used, he uses the same backhand move every time I want him to shoot the puck he's got so much speed he can get a rebound if it doesn't go in but on that play he turned Heiskanen inside out. Like, Heiskanen's one of the best players in the National Hockey League, one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. He will win a Norse at some point. Fogel didn't turn, you know, a number five or six defenseman inside out. And then he created space to give himself a, a breakaway. So Fogel was good. Uh, but to answer your question, no, the bar that we set for Leon and Connor, uh, they haven't reached it yet this year. But I'm not worried. They'll get there yeah, eventually. Yeah, and, and it, it seems almost absurd to talk about, but we're, we're nine games into the... Now, McDavid's missed a couple games, and who knows? He still could be uh, uh, ailing a little bit with... Uh, uh, I don't know. He, he looks pretty good. Like, yeah, he's, I, his I, speed's I, I guess there. I'm just saying we haven't seen them uh, where they forecheck it, even if they don't score. Like, they, they hem a team in for 50 mm-hmm. minutes, and then Jay gives them one shift off, and it's back out there, and they just own a period or, or half a game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we haven't really seen that. Well, and... Rarely do you ever see Leon miss a one-timer, let alone two or three tonight that he missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, those normally are when you see Connor in, from up top in the press box, everything looks easy to you and I. And you can see the play develops. You know exactly when Connor's about to go back door to Leon, and you're already okay. Can, can the goalie read it? Because we certainly can. And the, the shots, he's missing the net, and he never does. And Connor coming in on the power play has turn the puck over and we like there I've seen Connor go five six games without making one bad pass so yes they the bar is a little high for what we set for them they haven't reached it uh, but there's still a confident bunch that I think will feed off of what they did in the third period and they're about to play against a team that as I said upstairs to Bob they've toyed with over the last couple of years it is a, a confidence boost whenever the Oilers see the Nashville Predators staring across at them so 4-3, Dallas wins it. That means a $300 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for every Oilers goal. Thanks to Fill the Net by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give 100 bucks for every Oilers goal all season. You can track the total on 630Chet.com. He scores twice tonight in the start of his third tenure with the Oilers. Here's Sam Gagne. feel like that one was kind of there for you guys. Got away. Yeah. Um... I feel like, you know, a couple mistakes um, get magnified and up in your net. Um, I thought for the most part, um, you know, we drove play. It's just uh, a matter of, um, you know, just 
having that intensity throughout the game to, to bear down on, on certain things that happen. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot to like too, uh, a lot to build off of, and we just got to keep pushing forward. Too many goals off. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, when you turn pucks over, um, you don't track properly, all those different things. Uh, you know, we talked before the game, that's a team that scores off the rush. and. They made us pay on that, um, you know. But like I said, I thought we carried the flow of play. There's a lot to like, um, you know. It's just, yeah, you, you got to keep trying to battle through it. Um, it's uh, never comes easy in this league, so um, we're gonna come back uh, tomorrow and get to work and keep trying to build our game. So as somebody, <clears throat> somebody who kind of just got here, what's do you have like maybe a fresh perspective? What's the, what's the mood like? Yeah, I mean, I just think um, it's it's obviously not the start anybody wanted. Um, there's been a lot of expectations on this group, and you know, when it doesn't go exactly as you planned, um, I, I think it's hard to see uh, you know the kind of the positivity throughout games. Um, you kind of wait for bad things to happen, and when they do, it's you know it kind of has a snowball effect. So. I think it's just a matter of uh, finding that joy again, finding um, you know the, the the urgency to to make sure we're getting things done correctly, and you know if if it doesn't go exactly our way, just pushing through it and um, enjoying the process of it. I mean, it's a great opportunity for us uh, ahead of us to climb the standings, and we're gonna keep pushing forward. Awfully excited to get those goals. Yeah, I mean. Um, it's, uh, I, I thought, like I said, I, I thought, you know, we were still in that game and uh, you want to make a big play and score a goal to try and uh, help us rally. And I think, you know, we had a lot of chances. Uh, we created a lot. Um, we had a lot of looks with the goalie pulled and just couldn't find a way to get the equalizer. But there was a lot to like. And, um, you know, we have to make sure we're looking at positives too and, and uh, you know, building those into our game. All right, that's Sam Gagne, who uh, really got Oil Country going tonight. It's the fact that he scored twice and the fact that he gave Oilers life in this game, but they fall 4-3 to Dallas. He does make a winner out of Douglas for set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement, bet on it. I set the line at 4.5. Gagne shots on goal plus hits. He gets five shots and three hits for eight. He is well over, so Douglas gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift cards. He was at four total going into the third, so it was a little tense, but, but he it, got it done. It's funny, before the game when you said that, I said he would need to have a loud game, and he had a loud game. Sam Gagne was excellent, and it was it's unfortunate that the Oilers didn't complete the comeback because uh, the curtain call that Sam Gagne would have got would have been a little bit different had they won the game instead of losing. But Sam Gagne, uh, I know that the, the loss will sting, but he's got to feel pretty good if going back to, I don't know if he's got a house here now or a hotel room, wherever he's going tonight, feeling good, pretty good about the start of his third tenure here with the Edmonton Oilers. Well, and, and Woodcroft mentioned this in his post-game comments that we heard a few minutes ago. And, well, here's anybody who talks about hockey talks about this endlessly because this is the one thing that hasn't changed. Even, even in the 10 years you and I have worked together, Things have changed. Speed, the talent of defensemen, goaltending styles, mm -hmm. where snipers are shooting. But the one thing that doesn't change, and you talk about it all the time, puck has to go to the net to get a goal, mm -hmm. one way or the other. 
And we have, no, the Oilers were around the net a, a lot tonight. Maybe not everybody, but what did Woodcroft say? Gagne showed some guys how you score. And you initially thought that his first goal might not count. But, but, I mean, he just was like, well, I'm going to crash in there, and we'll see what happens. And it's funny. It, had this been a, a, a tie game, or if that would have tied the game, I wonder if the Dallas Stars may have thought about challenging it. Because he did go after the puck that was under the goalie, and I'd have to see the replay more to be able to save. But I'm thinking if this would have been late in the game in a tie game, I bet you they challenge it. But here they're thinking, all right, we still got a two-goal lead. If we challenge and it goes wrong, right. we got a two-goal lead and we're giving the Edmonton Oilers a power play. They felt pretty confident they could bring it on home. But yeah, but Sam Gardner, and as we talked before the game, I could not, I'm not, I was not a perimeter player because I couldn't score from the perimeter. So you hung around the blue paint. Sam Gagne's the same thing. He's not going to score from 30 feet or 40 feet. He knows that he hangs around the blue paint. And the two best players around the blue paint tonight for the Oilers were their two best players in the game. Evander Kane and Sam Gagne, they, they were there the entire night. And on the goal that Gagne scored where he pushed everything into the net, Kane was doing that first. Kane was there first, first pushing the puck in, into the net as well. And Gagne, who had the two goals, I think it was the next shift after he scored his second goal, so it was still late in the third. He made an incredible oh. pass to Kane to create a two-on-one. And Kane almost scored. And then right after that, he shot the puck at Kane's stick, and Kane got a deflection. So Sam Gagne, in all honesty, probably created seven or eight grade eight chances by himself and this is a guy that was picked up on a pto for a pto goes yeah, down to the minus hips work yeah. yeah they're like you know what if it doesn't work out it's all right we'll probably keep him in our organization in some sort of managerial position but tonight he showed he still got game and he was outstanding in this hockey game however dallas wins at 4-3 whenever the oilers score five or more in a game we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. The San Jose Sharks have yet to win a game this season. And that is not <laughs> going to change. They trail Vancouver 8-0. It is after two periods. It's already 8-0 Vancouver as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. And the early favorite for the Norris Trophy, Quinn Hughes, he has five points from the back end in this hockey game. And Elias Peterson with three points as well. Uh, I've been, we've got the game on in here, and it's 8-0, and with, in all seriousness, it could be 10 or 11-0 through two is the San Jose Sharks. I, they are not a good hockey club, and the Vancouver Canucks are proving they're for real. Golden Knights haven't lost in regulation. That probably won't change. Six minutes left. They lead the Jets 4-2. Seattle leads Nashville 4-2. The Predators are here Saturday afternoon. Halfway through the third, Coyotes up 3-2 on the Habs. Devils beat the Wild 5-3. Islanders shut out the Caps 3-zip. Kings beat the Senators 3-2. Boston hops by the Maple Leafs 3-2 in a shootout. Rangers edge the Hurricanes 2-1. Panthers win in Detroit 2-0. Blue Jackets win at home 4-2 against the Lightning. Thursday night football, Steelers beat the Titans 2016. That is your Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063, the good old hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Gagne scores twice, but the Oilers lose 4-3 to the Stars. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. To the middle of Suter. He'll get it all the way across. Johnston will shoot it. Blocker save made by Skinner. Comes back out. The save by Skinner as in the high slot. Johnston let it go. Save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner stops 23 out of 27. Scott Wedgwood stops uh, 47 out of 50, I think. Maybe 46 out of 49. I know people are saying, well, Reed, how do you not know the stats? We get a game sheet, and I also look online, and then I know sometimes with the, the shots, sometimes you've robbed even an assist or a power play, even sometimes if a goal scored mm-hmm. right at the end of the power play. Things can change the next morning. At the moment, I'm going with 50, and I'm going with the Oilers tying a team record with 26 shots on goal in the third period. I'll double-check tomorrow morning. <laughs> Actually, we won't double-check. We're just going to stay with it. Well, we'll stay with it for now, but they had a lot of shots in the third. They, uh, and yeah. Wedgwood made a lot of saves. He, he was outstanding. And again, I thought it, early in the game he looked a little shaky where the pucks were hitting him, and uh, he was getting some fortunate bounces, and he was sprawling all over the place. But as the game on... He kept the puck out of the net. And the ones that beat him in the third period by Gagne were two kind of weird ones. One where he got his whole body pushed in the net and the other one where Gagne got a piece of it and it was it could not have rolled any slower into the net. And that's one where the defenseman and the goalie are both watching it saying, I can't believe that thing is going to make it across the goal line, and it did. Well, and I was thinking how many, ch- before it went in, I thought to myself, how many chances have the Oilers had like that where a player was right in front or appeared to have an open chance and just didn't get wood on it or mm-hmm. was in his skates or he got his stick checked at the last minute. So they did get a bit of a break on that that goal, but uh, they needed one or two more. Dallas wins this one 4-3. Okay, we're going to bring you the 10-30 news and uh, weather. We'll be right back after that. we got Carson and Christian on hold. You're also going to hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane. Dallas 4, Edmonton 3 is your final tonight at Rogers Place. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Rupe hits with two goals and an assist. Joe Pavelski with a goal and two assists leading the Dallas Stars to a 4-3 win over the Oilers tonight. At Rogers Place, Dallas 7-1-1. The Oilers slip to 2-6-1 on the season. And uh, as mighty as the Oilers' power play has been, and it's still well over 20% this season, but it does go 0 for 4 tonight when they really needed one. Dallas goes 1 for 2. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, conlonmotorsports.ca. It's funny. The Oilers, one of the best, well, they are the best power play in the world going against the best penalty killing in in the in the league and the Dallas Stars terrible power play is going against a very weak Oilers penalty killing unit and it was the Dallas Stars that won those two um, fights tonight as they get the the power play goal that they needed in a game where one power play goal seemed to be enough in a one goal hockey game the Oilers power play which and we, we talked upstairs Bob and I in the past every time the Oilers had a big moment in the game and got a power play it was almost you knew it was going in. Uh, tonight, they had some looks. Uh, the one power play, they hit the three posts, but not as crisp 
as we've seen in the past, not as the execution. I mean, there were some missed passes, they, uh, some missed shots, uh, some poor decisions with the puck, things that we don't normally see mm -hmm. from the Edmonton Oilers. Having said all that, they lose one game on a night where their power play gets nothing and their two stars get nothing. So there were other aspects of the game that were good, uh, unfortunately for them, we're, it's another loss, and they fall a little bit further behind some of the other teams in the division. All right, let's go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Carson standing by. Carson, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, you know, it was nice to have uh, Gagne back. He, uh, he, he gave us almost a Ryan Smith dynamic. You know, absolutely killed it tonight with his, uh, with his heart and with his play. Kane's rolling, finally. I, I something's got to be wrong with McDavid. I, I, yeah, he's not playing up to par. And I want to talk about these goalies. Like I, I know a lot of, a lot of fans slag on our goalies and whatnot. I think they're they're doing okay. I'd like to see Jack back. But I, I I'd love an answer out of you guys. Uh, this goalie coach, he's nine or ten years with the team. Three general managers. Like you look at some of these teams, they have. You know, Bobby Essence, uh, they have Sean Burke, Billy Ranford. Weren't some of these guys our goalies? Where's Mike Smith at? Like, why, why isn't he maybe a goalie coach? Or why, why don't we have somebody else in that position? I'll hang up and let you guys listen. Well, Good first, show. with Mike Smith specifically, I don't know what if he, he wants to be a goalie coach. He's pretty freshly retired. Uh, yeah, Dustin Schwartz has been the goalie coach for a long time, uh, almost as long as we've been doing it. It was Freddie Shabbat before him. Mm -hmm. I can't oh. remember if he got replaced our first year together. Well, a lot of it goes then. trust with the coaching staff, but more importantly, trust with the goalies. If the goaltenders that have been here are not happy with the goalie coach, the goalie coach wouldn't be here. Uh, if the goalies like the goalie coach, then the goalie coach continues to have a job. And he's, as you see, he's outlasted other general managers and coaches. Thus, the goaltenders must like what, they, what he does. Mm -hmm. I know Schwartzy. No one works harder than Schwartzy. No one cares more than Schwartzy. Um, if they, he's got the trust of the goaltenders, and that's that's all you need. And I don't know if the goalie coach is, is to blame on any of the goals that got past Stuart Skinner tonight, or any of the goals that have scored this. They've been scored on the goalies this year. Yeah, and I, I, I Carson said I, I don't know. I don't think we've had a lot of calls about the goaltending because, like I said, a lot of the goals that have gone in have been on great A chances. I, I think with with Dustin Schwartz, I I get it. Uh, oh, I guess uh, Shabbat now is now the goalie coach in many, thanks to uh, oh. Gene's Principe for updating me that. Thank that. you very much, Gene. Uh, I, 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 we, we've got a, call, a lot of calls about Dustin Schwartz over the years, mm -hmm. whenever the goalies are doing bad. <laughs> and it, it, it's fair. I mean, you can, you can bring up anything, but if you're going to look at a guy's work, bring up everything. Have there been some goalies who have been not very good here in Edmonton? Absolutely. But Dustin Schwartz was the goalie coach when Cam Talbot had literally one of the best seasons in Oilers history by a goaltender. He was, the, he was their if best you, player if, that year. If you look at Mike Smith's stats, his last couple of years he was here, uh, his save percentage is right up there in, in Oilers history. Miko, Miko Koskinen, okay. Wasn't great. Most general managers didn't see him as, a, as, a, as an NHL goalie because Peter Shirelli brought him over, and then when his contract was done in Edmonton, he went back to Europe. So, okay, did Schwartz not make him good enough? I, I guess you can argue that if you want to criticize the goalie coach, but I think there's some, some nuance that goes into it other than saying... Doesn't Justin, Dustin Schwartz, doesn't he work with um, Hart as, out of Philadelphia too? 
Well, he, Hart would work with Philadelphia's goalie coach. No, but in the off season, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought I I could be wrong too. Oh, and just a, a score nine update: nothing. the Vancouver Canucks are now up nine nothing in their hockey game against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, we got Christian on the line as well. Christian, go ahead, please. Uh, my point that I want to make is: uh, Do you think that the other teams are starting to learn McDavid's Dreisaitl game, and they're just focusing on shutting those two players down? Well, and yeah. sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Sorry. Uh, the other point I was going to make: I, I saw, see a lot of the others. They they take a lot of time to set up their shots and not make as quick shots like some of the other uh, people are scoring goals. I wonder if, if maybe I'm just seeing that, but uh, if you give your point on that. Well, I think in other games they were pretty lousy offensively, <laughs> but tonight they. Uh, I mean, I, I think the other uh, other teams have had more open shots because the Oilers have made some defensive gaffes, or like they did tonight, to give up odd man rushes. This is more or less the same offense, other than Connor Brown, as the Oilers have ha- had last year when they were the number one scoring team in the National Hockey League. So. They've gotten off to a slow start, but when you're talking about the players not getting the puck off as quickly, it's the same team, same players that got the puck off quickly enough last year to be the tie-scoring team in the National Hockey League. As for Connor and Leon, every single general manager, every excuse me, every coach in the National Hockey League, every assistant coach, every video coach is trying to find ways to slow those two down. 100%. That's all they talk about when they come to see the Edmonton Oilers to play them. They are so focused on those two players because Connor and Leon can embarrass you and he can make your team look silly. So 100% those teams are trying to stop those two players. No one's ever going to stop them. You try to limit the damage. And some nights they could do everything right. The opposing team and Connor and Leon can still have four points each. That's just how good they are. Uh, we Again, Connor and Leon... Connor or Leon's got 13 points on the season, so he's he's having a very good start to the year. It's just the expectation that the Oilers fans and we as media have for them is so high because they are the two best players over the last five years in the NHL. They've gotten off to good starts. They have not gotten off to superstar starts. Having said that, I have no doubt that by season's end that they will probably be one-two in NHL scoring standings, like they always are. It's just unfortunate with the way the season has started with the losses, a goal here or there may have been a difference. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, well, I mean, of course you want you want one or two on the power, but um, I think uh, just a couple little things uh, hurt us, and uh, we did a great job battling back. Um, Trying to find ways to uh, any means necessary to put the puck in the net right now, and uh, came up a little short. Um, we uh, played overall in pretty, pretty good game. Just didn't come home with a win, so I uh, can't get frustrated. Um, yeah, got to look forward to Saturday. Do you feel like you're getting enough looks on the power play? Yeah, obviously, especially in the second, some hit posts. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, as we got going, I thought, I, I think. Um, when we're our best, we're winning battles and making plays off of that. Um, and that's kind of what led to our two posts uh, in the second period there and uh, a couple other good looks. But end of the day, we didn't uh, put any in. And um, obviously, uh, like one there at least to, um, to put us right there. Ryan, is it starting to feel like it's, it's not so early anymore in the season? Um, well, well, I mean, we've never said that it... Uh, 
I mean, we've, since day one, we've uh, wanted to have a good start. Um, uh, our record um, isn't where we want it to be right now, but um, we know where we're at. Uh, there's good things, there's bad things. We've got to eliminate um, the, the little, small mistakes that uh, you play a good team like that. Uh, they're just a veteran team that waits for you to make a mistake. I mean, I think they had all four. All four of their goals off the rush. Um, we talked about it. We discussed it before the game. They just wait. They, they're patient. Uh, they took advantage, and um, it was uh, just one too many to, to claw over back. Sam Gagne seemed to really give you guys some life. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, just, I mean, the way that he worked for both of his, and uh, you, you can feel the energy, and obviously loved uh, in Edmonton for good reason. And um, I thought we rallied behind his energy and the, the energy in the building uh, after uh, pulling in. Do you worry that, that maybe the Western Conference or the Pacific Division is getting away from you a little bit? First place is now like 14 points away. That seems out of reach almost. Well, we don't. We're not worrying about that right now. We're we're worrying about uh, our game and um, continuing to improve and getting ourselves out of uh, where we're at and um, becoming the, the team this year that we know we can be. All right, that is the. Nuge after the Oilers lose 4-3 to the Stars. I guess we're going with, it looks like it's 49 shots, so they don't set a record for shots in the third. Oh, well, it wasn't a good record anyways because they didn't come back and win, so set that record in a, in a night where you, you can celebrate a victory instead. Okay, 7804960063 if you want to uh, touch base before 11 o'clock. You'll also hear from Evander Kane. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. The Oilers have yet to win in Rogers' place this season. Three regulation losses, an overtime loss to Winnipeg. Their only home win was at Commonwealth Stadium on Sunday. Dallas takes it 4-3 tonight. The Oilers push hard in the third. Two goals from Gagne, trying to come back from 4-1 down, but they could not even it up. We'll go to Garrett on the Certainty Hotline. Garrett, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, please. Evening, guys. Uh, hopefully everybody's doing good in Edmonton. Uh, I'm... Uh... I'm wondering, I, 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 I was thinking as I was watching the game and then when Gag scored that second goal and he just let that fire within the team and like he was so pumped on the uh, on the bench, he was shaking his head and it was like, uh, yeah, we can do this. And he was like, just everybody, the whole energy in the building changed. And uh, I was thinking, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awesome if they made him an alternate captain or a, uh, I mean, <laughs> in a perfect yeah. world, a, uh, <laughs> you know, a uh, the, the captain there. But, uh, you know, of course, in a million years, that wouldn't happen right now. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just that energy, like when Kane first came from San Jose, you know, it was just like, wow you know and it's like you just love your oilers even more and it's like wow you know maybe we can do it this year but uh anyways i just thought i'd uh chime in and give you uh, my two cents i'll hang up now thanks a lot guys yeah appreciate it garrett yeah who knows well they threw ryan the c on ryan smith for his last game maybe something like that could happen <laughs> someday with uh gagne he is a fan favorite and anyone that was on the fence about him ever uh, no longer. He was fantastic tonight, and the energy he brought, it did make a difference in that third period. Well, so we have Al standing by. Hi, Al. Go ahead, please. Hi, how you doing? 
Good. Good. I've just uh, enjoy your show, guys. Um, um, I've just got a kind of a simple question here. I'm just wondering why uh, Woodcroft and uh, Manson just won't tell the defense to do one thing. Boys, just go out there and play defense. Don't try to do too much. Just play defense. Get the puck in. Like CC didn't have to. He didn't have to pinch on that goal. And uh, if Bouchard or if uh, uh, Proberg would have got that puck in a little deeper, and uh, Nurse made a little bit of a, uh, a bad decision on that uh, that uh, one power play goal by Hiskinen. And if, if Edmonton would just, if the defense would just play defense, get the puck up the ice, I think that would cure a lot of Edmonton's problems. Well, your, your, your forwards can relax. Your goalie knows that he's protected. It just yeah. changes the whole outcome of everybody. Yeah, well, Rob talked about that pinch. You broke that down after the first period. Uh, wasn't a good pinch, and that the the play with Bro. I mean, and you said it, Rob. It's it's the it's Broberg, and then a lot like we we watch upstairs in different booths, but there's a a pane of glass sort of between us, so we can partially. Cheese. Did you see me glance at you as soon as the puck was turned over? Yeah, the, the puck was still in the Dallas end. And they knew it was going to be a three-on-one, yep, and probably a goal. Yeah, I mean, the, so it, that was a, a bad play. It was. Broberg made a bad play, but they also the players can't change. Well, that's what I mean. All yes, around, all yeah. around. So it wasn't all on Broberg. Now, but yes, bro. But if the caller said that can't they tell them to just play defense? I guarantee you, they know that they're not. Broberg has to get that deep. Right. Cece, Knows the, that he can't pinch there. That's not a play that's in their their playbook. Where you know, if you got a 50-50 goal for it, the the Oilers know what they're supposed to do. Those were mistakes that aren't part of the the system of the Oilers. So this isn't something where the Oilers okay from now on let's not do that anymore. Jay Woodcroft talked about it. He he said exactly what happened on the four goals, the mistakes that were made. Uh, there have been times where the Oilers have been guilty of a lot of poor decisions defensively, mm-hmm. and we've seen that early. Earlier in the season, uh, tonight, if you want to go look at the Dallas Stars, watch the game again without looking at the score. Watch the number of mistakes the Dallas Stars defensemen make. Niskin, who's their best defenseman, one of the best in the world, he gets caught and on a play that Leon turns him inside out, and Leon gets a great shot in the slot. The Warren Fogle turns Niskin and inside out, or excuse me, Heskin and inside out at the red line for a breakaway. Um, Hackenbaugh, he twice turns the puck over without looking. There were well, they more. they were exhausted in the third period. Yes, they, were, they were just hoping to get again, the puck. But again, we always notice the mistakes our team makes. The Dallas Stars by far made more mistakes tonight in this hockey game than the Edmonton Oilers did. The one advantage the Dallas Stars had is they had a goaltender that was rock sol- solid and gave them the two points. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Evander Kane. Evander, another round. It's hard to to find pauses when obviously one wins and you play well, but you guys just you beat yourself and then you don't finish some key plays. Yeah, I mean, uh, we just made too many boo-boos tonight. Uh, yet again, I mean, you look at three of their goals are off the rush, they're odd man rushes, and they end up in the back of our net every time. Um, you know, we put up... Uh, we get some pucks in that in the third period. We score some goals, but again, we can't expect to score four or five goals every night to win hockey games. It's just, it's not realistic. What did you think of uh, Sam and 
There's quite a story. He's got a history with the franchise and then showing up like this, and he seemed to really get everybody motivated and go on. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, veteran guys are important to hockey teams. I think uh, a lot of times they get overlooked. You know, we, the league's getting younger and younger, but, you know, if you want to win, you have to have uh, veteran guys like that uh, on your team because uh, there's a lot of intangibles that come with it. And he was a real easy guy to play with uh, in the third period there. Get pucks, play north, and, and drive the net, and he got rewarded with two goals. Do you see what's lacking from your power play right now? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, what a bush at the post three times in the one. So I mean, I guess a bounce here and there would be lacking. But you know, we have to. Again, we. You know, we're moving the puck well. We're we're getting our looks, but uh, you know, we can't rely on the power play to win us hockey games. I mean, it's got to be. You know, it's a nice bonus to, to score power play goals, but you know, we scored three even strength goals tonight. We gave up uh, three and, and one on the power play, so uh, around the PK. So we have to uh, look to find ways uh, to win. We can't just rely on the power play. Vander, that's a tough team to play against when you make a mistake on the rush. That's one of the better teams to play against. Yeah, the yeah, they're good on the rush. That uh, you know, Pete and those guys. They uh, they really work on their transition and they got some speed and um, like you said we we make mistakes uh, they have some skill and, and talent they can finish those plays off and that's what they did tonight. The sense is that this is a good team you're going to figure it out at some point but but it has to happen. Like, well, forget the sense. I mean we have to show it on the ice and it'll start on uh, start on Saturday afternoon. How would you describe the mood right now? Uh, you know I I think it's. Uh, I think the mood is is where it should be. Um, again, we know we're a good hockey team, but you know, it's enough talking about it. It's time to time to work. And like I said, I think we worked tonight. We played a good hockey game uh, in a lot of ways, but these these big mistakes we can't continue to make. Does that make it all the more frustrating? Just the fact that, like you said, you were right there, and the mistakes are the things that hurt you. Oh, I don't know if it's frustrating, but it's 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 got to. It's got to stop, and you know if we if we do that, we're gonna really like the result. You mentioned how they were good on transition. You guys got a lot of like you should be built to, to beat teams off the transition as well. Lots of your goals, you know, have come from inside the zone, especially your, your line lately. What do you need to do to counter that transition? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, there, it, it wasn't necessarily transition. Transition. It was odd man rushes, three on one, three on one, two on one, right? So, you know, those are we had some good transition moments ourselves. Like I said, I thought we took the game to them. A great majority of the night, but you know when you give teams those type of opportunities with the skill they have, uh, you know you make it easy on them. All right, that's Evander Kane who has a goal and an assist. Sam Gagne scores twice, and the Oilers fall short to the Dallas Stars. Our next game broadcast, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers, is Saturday. It's a face-off show that starts at 11:30 in the morning. The game is at one as the Oilers take on the Predators. Get more on this game on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Brendan Escott for bringing us the post-game story and the post-game interviews. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 630chet. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Stars take it 4-3.
For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.